Listener, beware. You gave us the scares. Hello, and welcome to Say Podcast and Die. This is a mini-sode, and it is, as ever, two queers sitting in a closet and talking to you about Goosebumps. That's right. I'm Alyssa. I'm Andy. And this week, we're going to read you some Amazon reviews, and we are going to share a message from a Goosepunk. Yes, because that's what we do on Theories and Queries. Talk about you and also some other stuff we thought of. (laughs) We are picking up where we last left off on our Amazon review extravaganza. Yes, today we're covering books 7 through 12, I believe. Sure. (laughs) That's what I prepared for. I pulled through deep trouble, so I'm just, I'm prepared to stop wherever. Okay, well, I'm prepared to stop at book 12. Okay, let's start with Night of the Living Dummy. The overwhelming theme of reviews of Night of the Living Dummy is lots of people complaining that this book is more about Mr. Wood than Slappy. It's interesting that that's a complaint rather than a just, oh, I didn't expect it. Yeah, I think it's because people come to it after being familiar with the franchise, not realizing this was just the first book in the series. But why a complaint, you know? Well, let me let me tell you. Okay. So this review, three out of five stars, and the title is Good But False Advertising. If you haven't read this book, spoiler alert, this book was entertaining, creepy at times, and had humor also. Sufficiently spoiled? (laughs) Had humor also? Yeah. It creates a good story in scenario and where these dummies came from. The reason I say false advertising is because during the story, you wait for Slappy to finally wake up and stir some drama, but no, the whole time it's about, in quotes, Mr. Wood. He should have been the one on the cover, not Slappy. He actually only says anything on his own in the very last sentence of this book. That was all one sentence. Also, the description says hardcover. Lies. (laughs) Well, it would have been a really different vibe if the living dummy on the cover was dressed as a grunge dummy like Mr. Wood. That's true. Less threatening somehow. Yeah. Something about a suit. You're like, oh no. Yeah. This guy's old school. He means business. Yeah. So the other review I pulled is three out of five stars. Book is fine. My son didn't really love it. That was the title. (laughs) Here's the review. As advertised, but scary to my nine-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think that's the the aim of the books. Yes. But so I guess that they are fulfilling their aim. Three out of five stars. (laughs) How about you? Okay, so I had a few for uh, The Girl Who Cried Monster. Reviewer Homebound gave it five out of five stars. Title, Grandson Loves These Books. All caps. (laughs) Review, My Grandson Loves the Goosebumps Books I Let Him Order on My Account. (laughs) All caps. I wonder if the, actually, grandson maybe wrote this as evidence of the fact that no, grandfather let me order these. (laughs) And then a reviewer called Five Start which I think was supposed to be five stars, gave it five stars, although their title was ten stars. Huh. I love this book so much, it really gave me goosebumps, ha ha. I loved it that much, I laughed, he he he. (laughs) User RC gave it five stars. Fun read for kids. I used to read this when I was in my preteens and through my teens, and I'm going to try and introduce them at the workplace. What? I don't know. To see if the 21st century kids take to them. I mean, I guess maybe they're a teacher? Maybe. It's just such a twist to be like, if you introduce them at the workplace. I I would recommend these books for light, fun reading. The font is big. Parents, there are no pictures in this book. If you want illustrations, go buy a comic book. Yeah, you loser. (laughs) Uh, I mean, R.L. Stein would probably endorse the go buy a comic book if you want pictures. But He's like, yeah, do it. tone, maybe. (laughs) Finally... User Lizzie gives us some details about the plot. How unorthodox. Mm. Titled The Monster Librarian. <laughs> this was one of R.L. Stein's better books. 
It wasn't the best, but it was good. <laughs> the characters hardly got annoying, which was wonderful. <laughs> I feel like you share this view. Like, you're like, ah, there's no Gabe in this. <laughs> um, Lucy, the main character, should have known that it would take a whole bunch of evidence that the librarian was a monster. Her parents would not believe her because she loved to make up monster stories all the time. Warning spoilers. Since no one believed her, she tried to capture the monster on film by taking a picture of it with an old camera. I thought that that was a good idea. I liked how Lucy got away from the monster by accidentally spilling the card catalog. The monster had OCD, which meant that... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Which meant it needed to pick up those cards instead of chasing after Lucy. I didn't expect the twist ending either, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, got some got specific there. So this is a review of Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Four out of five stars. The title is As Known As Nightmare. Oh, as, yeah. no, as Known As. As Known As. Hmm. That's like some E. Cummings, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. E, yeah, Amazon review by E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> I found this book on the garage where my grandma puts all of her books after she finished reading it. Wait, is she a grandma who's our age? <laughs> oh, no. I I don't have that information. I just don't want to think there are grandmas who grew up on Goosebumps, yet I know it's probably very true. Yes, it is possible. That said, it's possible this is also just a voracious reader. Mm. She didn't grow up on them, she just read them. Oh, actually, it says, she reads a lot of books, so I find tons of books in the garage. <laughs> I never, and I hate reading books, because it seems boring. I chose this book because the front cover looks interesting. I chose this book because I like reading about suspense and mystery stories. I also picked this book because the pages are not that thick, and the font are not small. It's just normal. <laughs> I am giving this book four stars because it wasn't that bad, and it was pretty good too, but not excellent. <laughs> this is story of the campers who got lost in the forest. There's a lot of weird things that happen to the campers. They sent letters to their parents, but their parents won't answer back. They tried to use the phones, but there is no line and the phone is just a plastics. <laughs> what I like about this book was the story and words were and words was really easy to understand. Even a seven, seven years old kid could read and understand this book. I also don't like some parts of the story. I don't like it when the monsters just showed up on almost the end of the story, but it was good. So I recommend to everybody to buy this book. Yes, or find it in a garage. Yeah, it was a, it was a roller coaster. This one. Also, the magic of Tim Jacobus coming through. The yeah. kid picked it up because the cover looked interesting, and the pages weren't too thick. Yeah, <laughs> I think that probably they're like referring to like you know how baby books have like the thick yeah. cardboard. Yeah. They're like, well, I know I can't be caught with that. <laughs> okay, the ghost next door. Paula Dickerson Williams, who reviewed quite a lot of these, but I only pulled this review of hers. Two out of five stars. Title: Kind of a mess. <laughs> It was okay with a twist ending that was 98% confusing, 2% interesting. Um, yeah, fair enough. There was a lot that was left unexplained in the <laughs> ending of The Ghost Next Door. Like, ghosts given birth to people, given birth to ghosts. Yeah, what a cycle. All right, so Book Solver got a bit more into details, 4 out of 5 stars, and uh, their title poses the question, scary or not scary? That is the question. Very philosophical. Mm. This is my first Goosebumps book. I have asked many people about their preference about this book. Most people say it is not even scary. In my point of view, it is very scary. It is creepy because I tried putting myself in Hannah's, main character, position. Hannah is not with her friends this summer, and a neighbor that just moves in isn't really a neighbor. What could this, quote, neighbor be? <laughs> this book also has a weird kick to it. These weird things are surprise... A kick? A kick. A yes. Kick. Okay. 
<laughs> These weird things are surprising creepy. For example, she gives the, quote, neighbor back his ball, but there was no answer after asking several questions. <laughs> I love the implication that he's not really her neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really live next door. I mean, he lives next door, but is he really a neighbor? <laughs> I really was touched by this one. So as we discussed last time, a lot of Amazon Goosebumps reviews are by grandparents who bought them for their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And it was true of the ghost next door as well. Grandparent L.H. Ulmer gave it five out of five stars. The title is Excited Grandson. <laughs> My grandson was so excited when he opened the mail and there was his new Goosebumps book. He was not interested in reading until I got him hooked. I am so pleased with the fact that I can pick them out online and have them mailed to him. <laughs> in a short time, he's calling me on the phone to thank me. I love how this is also the humble brag of I'm the one who got him to read. Lori Banaszewski gave it five out of five stars, classic Arlstein ghost story, and said, The Ghost Next Door is our favorite book and DVD by Arlstein. <laughs> Famous DVD maker. Yeah. Hannah's new neighbor seems strange and pale. Alyssa. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And he wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> Unlike Neither was I. I know. <laughs> Um, Hannah thinks Danny is a ghost and out to get her, but it's more evil than that. It's a story of saving souls. Oh, that was a twist. I know. Um, yeah, read it and you'll see. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's more evil than that. It's a story of saving souls. I mean, maybe it's a commentary on evangelical Christianity. Oh, good one. And then Naya Gamis, five out of five stars. I bought this book for my older sister because she said she missed reading Goosebumps books and said this was her favorite one. Anyways, the book came in mint condition. She loved it, and I loved that it made her happy. Aww. I know, some real community creation through the sharing of Goosebumps books. <laughs> and finally, my favorite review by Toad Hall, who gave it two out of five stars. Title of review, nope. Content of review, nope. <laughs> I wonder if that's a nope because it was scary or a nope because of the book. I, I just... Honestly, a lot of the reviews were about requesting a certain set but getting different ones or, like, being mad there was sticky goo from the stickers. Yeah. The it is a universally acknowledged truth that at least half of the Amazon reviews will be reviews of the packaging and not the product. Yes. I would... I, that, it, that matches my experience. So next we have The Haunted Mask. Yes. Everyone's favorite, right? Well... There must this... be no one-star reviews. <laughs> not that I pulled. I won't okay. acknowledge the existence of one-star reviews of The Haunted Mask. <laughs> Four out of five stars. This book is a horror. It is about a young girl who is in search of a Halloween costume. Her mom made her a costume, but she decided that she did not want to wear it anymore. She ends up buying a mask from a creepy old man. He tries to tell her about the mask, but she is too excited to listen. She ends up finding the hard way, so Halloween night comes, and she is so excited to wear it. The thing is that the third time you put it on, it will not come off. So the third time it won't come... And she is crying, thinking about those who love and care about her. So the second time she tries, it comes off, and she runs home and gives her mother a big hug. I really enjoyed reading this book. It was a pretty scary book. It was also teaching a lesson that your parents want what is best for you, and all they want you to do is listen. Was that what it was teaching? I mean, that's not what I got out of it, but if she had worn the duck costume, none of this would have happened. Ah, uh, that's true. Mm. I recommend this book to those who like a little thrill. Just <laughs> enough to give you a chill down your spine. The characters talk the way you imagine them to talk. The creator of the mask talks all creepy and spooky. That love, sharing, caring can save you from all harm and from evil. Full stop on that sentence. You just gotta believe and have a little faith. It gave the girl and even me flashbacks on the creepy looking mask. The girl did not listen to her mom. She wanted her way until this happened. Then she started to listen and care. She also realized that her mom loves and cares about her so much. 
I really enjoyed this book. The author's writing was so creative. He has a very good imagination. He made you think. Writing was just so creative. It also made a lot of sense. This is the type of book you couldn't put down and made you want to read more. After writing this review, I still had so much more to say. I also had, I like that we're already after the writing of this review. I also had so much thought about, I still think now that I should have added this and that, but I'm glad the way it turned out. This was fun and also a good first experience. A review of the review. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's yeah. so postmodern. I know. Also, I mean, the part where you're saying about caring and sharing and love and all that, it does sound like a freshman in college essay. Yes. So. Love will save the day. Right. The This book's about the theme of love and how it will conquer all. Yeah. This person could, it's written at a college level. Mm-hmm. Should I yeah. take us away? Take, with... Oh, actually, I have Piano Lessons Can Be Murder After, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So uh, we're going through 13, folks. We're That's turning right. it up to 13. Um, Lucky 13. Mm-hmm. So we've got Be Careful What You Wish For. Reviewer Lizzie was also someone I thought, someone who's simpatico with you. Alyssa. Is this the same Lizzie as before? Oh, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's it might be the same one who talked about the OCD librarian. Whoa. I guess she was just speaking to me. <laughs> so Lizzie says, this is just part of her review. I really didn't like how the school nurse told Sam what was the matter with her teammates automatically without questioning Sam first. That wouldn't have happened in the real world because of patient confidentiality and HIPAA regulations. Yeah, we are simpatico. I know it's supposed to be a kid's story, but I want a little more realism. <laughs> and then we got Carl A. Schultz IV, three out of five stars. The title of this review is Samantha is not a bright girl. <laughs> Content of review. Samantha has a problem. She is totally incapable of pattern recognition. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Anna Gerald, five out of five stars awesome. The review is, it was well awesome. I wish I had three wishes. I would wish I had a brother or a sister because I'm an only child. <laughs> it's an important takeaway. Yeah. And then finally, um, I think a ringing endorsement for the Goose Verse from Byung-Ko Lee, who gave it five out of five stars, and their title is, I think it's perfect, all caps. Best book I've read in my life. This ending was interesting. I don't know how R.L. Stein makes such great books. I'm reading in Kindle, and it costs three ninety nine, <laughs> A good price for a great book. <laughs> I bought about 50 Goosebumps books. So that's like, how many dollars? Like $200? Do- yeah. Whew, dropping a bundle. Mm-hmm. Humble but, brag. Yeah. But, and, they were all great, all caps. I really like... They better be for three ninety nine a pop. <laughs> I know. I really liked The Twelve Scream of Christmas. Also, The Lizard of Oz, one I haven't read. Actually, every book I read was pretty good, especially this book. I liked it a lot. Anyway, thanks to the Goosebumps series, I read one through three books every day now. <laughs> that's not a humble brag. That's just straight this up. Is a brag. Yeah. I notice that this person doesn't actually mention the title of this book in the review. That's a good point. So I wonder if this was just copy-pasted to a bunch of different books. Yeah. Do you get anything for, like, reviewing stuff? Do you get points or something? I mean, I know that there are some people who are like top 50 reviewer or whatever. So maybe Mm. they're going for some sort of Amazon status. Yeah, just title. Mm. I'd like to know about the world of rival Amazon reviewers trying to outdo each other for a spot in the top 50. (laughs) Yeah. Their frictions. Yeah, the ones who are in spot 50 and 51 constantly struggling with each other. Exactly. Nice. All right. So finally, we have Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. This first review is three out of five stars. The title is Play Misty For Me. When Jerry finds an old piano in the attic of the new house, they have the instrument taken downstairs. At night, he hears the piano play a sad tune, but no one is there. He starts taking piano lessons. At first, he likes it. 
The teacher seems okay, and the technical genius of a caretaker has an array of self-made maintenance robots. But Jerry keeps hearing someone playing his piano. This one was too weird for my taste. It didn't even make sense. What would the hands be needed for? It's not like they can play it on their own accord. I have no problems with fantastic ideas, but this plot didn't make any sense at all. Okay, that was explicit. I'm, I'm sorry, but that was explicitly clarified. <laughs> I don't want to get mad at this reviewer, but the hands are because the human hand is the most suited to play the piano, and it's hooked up to robots. Well, you know, this this reviewer says the story is okay, but the conclusion is too off. The conclusion is pretty off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone just missed that, that part where Mr. Toggle explained. <laughs> so the other one I pulled is... I mean, I guess I missed the entire ending of uh, Go Eat Worms because <laughs> I got distracted by pizza, so I can't really throw shade. That's fair. But you didn't write an Amazon review. You just recorded a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's going More effort. <laughs> Yeah, more extreme with my ignorance. We even recorded that one twice. We did? Yeah. Got deleted. I forgot about that. That was also my bad. All right, so this last one. Thanks for the it got deleted and not the you deleted it. You're welcome. Um, Three out of five stars. The title is such a weird plot, dot, dot, dot. I would have rated it two if I wouldn't have fallen in love with Jerry. Aww. Yeah. Story begins pretty well with Jerry's new home, along with his haunted piano. Everything is going well till Dr. Shriek came and turned the story into nothing more than a pure... I assume this says shit, but Amazon, like, put stars in. And then it says dot dot dot. I am sorry for my language, but how could I endure the shit that ruined such a wonderful story? Thank you. So, did this person want the story just to be about Jerry's mind? I guess so. Just about Jerry, um, having a good time at home? So I don't remember Jerry being likable at all. No, I don't know how you could have fallen in love with Jerry. Uh, He has a nice house. I guess so. (laughs) You know, there's someone out there for everyone. Yeah. Huh. That's so surprising. So basically what this person didn't like about the book was the the plot. plot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, on an entirely different note, moving into someone extremely lovely, we wanted to share an email from Goosepunk Jeanette, who wrote into us back in January and then has been since following up a couple times with some Goosebump theories. And we wanted to share this one, especially because Jeanette had some really good queer readings of the Gooseverse. So, hi, Alyssa and Andy. I'm a newish listener to your podcast and I absolutely love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It means a lot. It does. I've listened to a few of the Goosebumps podcasts around, and yours is my favorite. Yeah, take that, Spot 51. Yeah. (laughs) Your approach to the material is refreshing and intelligent, and I particularly adore your discussion of horror taxonomies and your shared universe theories. As a fellow queer Goosebumps fan with an interest in literature studies, listening to your podcast makes me feel right at home. I guess I'm a Goosepunk. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send you a badge once we make them. Yeah. For a bit of background on my Goosebumps experience, I was in grade school in the late 90s and the books were still ubiquitous, though the hype had died down. I was too terrified of the covers to crack one open and my religious conservative parents warned me against the evils of such literature. However, I would spend hours in the library and bookstores poring over the front and back of the books, imagining what horrors were written within, and sometimes sneaking a peek at the endings. I particularly remember the ending of Stay Out of the Basement freaking me out. I got into horror proper in my early teens and caught the TV episode of The Haunted Mask, which really resonated with me as a young and insecure queer. I dived into the books and got hooked. 
I'm glad that other people saw the queerness in Haunted Mask as mm-hmm. well. I wanted to write in with a few thoughts regarding your last two book discussions. Again, we got this in January. Thanks, Jeanette, for your patience with us getting to it. For Attack of the Mutant, your discussion of the horror in which one discovers they are part of a fictional universe brought one example in particular to mind that I wanted to share. The 1994 film In the Mouth of Madness does this in a way that reminds me of Attack of the Mutant, in which the protagonist of each is aware of a fictional universe, um, a novel series for the film, a comic series for the book, and starts to find things from the fiction in their reality, eventually confronting the fact that they are indeed part of it and fictional themselves. I wouldn't heartily recommend this film personally, but it's an interesting parallel example. And also similar to Shocker on Shock Street, which we we recorded on this yesterday. It's going to come out later, but it's a similar kind of concept. Mm Mm-hmm. Finding yeah. out you're the fiction. Yeah. I also tend to agree with Jeanette's assessment of In the Mouth of Madness. But I would rewatch it. Yeah, me too. Oh my yeah. god. For a laugh and a little more background on the world of The Masked Mutant, I recommend checking out the PC game for it that came out in the 90s if you haven't already, which we haven't. Mm-mm. It's a very unique piece of Goosebumps media and would absolutely have horrified me had I played it when it came out, though it's rather silly looking now. That sounds amazing and exactly how I want to spend you know, my time between now and whenever the hell I get a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if someone's made a, an emulator for that and we can, can download it. It's come to that phase of the pandemic. <laughs> Visit, revisit the CD-ROMs of our youth. Yeah. For my hairiest adventure, I really enjoyed your discussion of a queer reading of the text. I had no idea that girls who were into dogs was considered a queer call sign. How interesting. I think the protagonist's experience in this book could serve as a good example of the feelings of dysphoria though in a species context rather than in a gender context. Therians and other kin particularly came to mind. As a quick aside based on your suggestion of writing in about queer experience, I wanted to elaborate on my experience as a queer youth in relation to Goosebumps. I'm transgender and was aware of it at a very young age. However, I was also aware even then that my family would not approve, making me feel trapped. That encouraged me to look in fiction for some measure of escape and something to relate to, and thankfully there was a handful of chapter book fiction that brushed against these topics. Martin Redpost is a girl, question mark, and the Help, I'm Trapped in Someone's Body series in particular, (laughs) and of course Goosebumps. Yeah, that title's on point. Yeah. While I didn't read Goosebumps books at a young age, reading the back covers revealed possibilities of transforming or escaping one's body, which was at once terrifying and freeing. However, The Haunted Mask had the most impact. What really disturbed me was the main character getting stuck with a face that wasn't hers because I related to it, especially in the midst of the wrong puberty. Mm. Goosebumps helped my young self start to wrestle with those ideas and recognize that kind of horror, and I think that's one of the reasons why I keep coming back all these years later. And then Jeanette closed with a good boo, which, which is lovely. Yeah, it was very sweet. Also, like I had mentioned, Jeanette wrote a couple of other emails, and I wanted to share some of the brilliant theories she came up with. First of all, in Monster Blood 3, that Kermit is a potential future supervillain. Maybe oh. could be in cahoots with a masked mutant. That's great. And she pointed out that he's already got a Joker-esque laughing formula. And, <laughs> you know, he's got all these chemicals and things. He yeah. Could go in an Ant-Man direction. Yeah, he's a young supervillain in training. I like it. Absolutely. And then she said regarding it came from beneath the sink and like taxonomies of monsters that the gruel and the lynx seem very much to be in the same universe as the toe biter. Oh. In terms of types of monsters. Interesting. Which totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of... So Lucy didn't make up the toe biter. It's just a thing she's describing from yeah. like the Encyclopedia of Monsters. Like maybe. Interesting. But in terms of types of monsters too, right? Like Lucy and her family and Mr. Mortman seem like a different type of monster than these types, you mm-hmm. know? But then they all get kind of categorized under the term monster, which I think is interesting. It isn't kind of the way that like lots of things get called a fish, even though they look very different, like a catfish and a guppy and a shark. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. But then I thought it was surprising then that Lucy actually also understands it to be a valid category, even though she is also a monster. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like there's the dominant group that's humans and then everything non-human gets called monster. Yeah. So it's almost like, because we were talking then about aliens also, because I think the next book after that was Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Right. So I wonder if there's a taxonomy of monsters within monsters. Ooh, yeah. Something I want to figure out more. Mm-hmm. There's an entire parallel, like, Linnaean taxonomy of creatures. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Or different types of communities that get grouped under the category monsters if you are looking from a human perspective. Mm. Yeah, good point. At other sentient beings. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, Jeanette says, for Queer Watch, this may be a bit of a projection on my part, but I have a feel that Aunt Louise, from It Came From Beneath the Sink, may be trans. Ooh. Something about a quirky aunt who is into astrology and tarot and wears a straw hat all the time pings on my trans radar. I love it. Yeah, me too. It's I think canon it's, now. Exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you, Jeanette, for writing in. Thank you all for listening. And please also send us your theories and queries and, you know, whatever's share us, share us a share. Yeah. Share us some stories. And you can do that by writing to us at saypodanddie at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on social media at saypodanddie on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five bewares on reviewing platforms. Give them to us. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) That's, that's it. Good boo. Good boo. Listeners beware. Send us more scares. Ooh. Ooh. Good boo. Good boo.